I, I... Blue Chew. They're a sponsor for our show, right? <laughs> that sounds like a that sounds like a Georgia. And I'm just shutting all the riffraff shit down right now. We're starting to show. Can hear it. Screw can hear it. it. It's, it's very low. I hate you so much. <laughs> this is Breaking the Chris. We're going to be your panel this week. Yeah. Breaking the panel, what number is this? 218? 218, volume 1? That is where we're at. I have Charles McFall. Over there I'm is Paul Kotz. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Not, for right in a second, you might be Phil Keating. <laughs> and... Uh, I don't know. Phil dressed up for the nines, and I feel like we're all getting fired at this meeting tonight. Oh, let's, that's that's a Pennsylvania nines right there. So they say that's a, yeah, but a, that's a standard four. That's a standard four. Kansas twenty eight. <laughs> Kansas twenty eight. <laughs> all right. Uh, so I did a thing. I did a thing. I made playlists based on off of based off of all of our episodes last week. So uh, I, I was going to do one big Spotify playlist, but Jesus Christ, that first uh, music episode we did, that volume we did, it was a lot of music. So I just cut them up. If you look up "Breaking the Panel" on Spotify, you'll find three playlists uh, that go along with each volume. And last week's episode was so yeah, much fun. It's good. It was probably the best episode I've ever been on. Is that because Chris wasn't here? Gone. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we actually got to talk music, so it was fitting that Chris uh, had to leave. <laughs> Do I stop us from talking music? Yeah, a lot. Aw, man. I don't think he does. Everybody, they said you did. I don't think you did. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, so, yeah, check it out. We've got the the musicals. We've got the soundtrack of your life. And the music that soothes your, soothes your soul, which is the one that had like six hours and 5,000 tracks on it. We all just kept throwing out music, right? It's so good. Uh, so you'll find all kind of new stuff you haven't been able to try. I found, I think I found everything that was referenced. The hardest one, though, Phil, I will tell you, was the um, the soundtrack, the uh, Jersey Shore soundtrack. What was it? Uh Portlandia, I forget what she was. It was Garden State. That's it, Garden State. I was close with Jersey Shore. <laughs> mm. uh, no, this is my last yeah. show. That's why I'm dressed up so nice. <laughs> so I can tell all uh, of you to fuck off uh, in style. But uh yeah, and then of course the the musicals. Uh I found all of those up there. So um but tonight we're gonna kick it off. Oh, damn it, it is me. I'm supposed to be running this one. So let me kick it off, and then I'll try to fix these these name tags, as it were. Um, I don't know. I was reading some news this week, and people are just itching to get back out, right? Everybody's pushing the line, it seems like, to get back out and, and get part of life. And I did not recognize the name of this artist. I'm sure there's somebody to somebody. but uh, <laughs> Rage so against the machine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they did their first social distance concert in, I think, Alabama. Is where this was, and is that a venue? And the Alabama, whatever state, I think it's Alabama, whatever state it was, it said they could open up on Monday of this week. And actually, the the concert had been planned for the Friday before, for whatever reason. And so they actually, the state actually had to hit them with a cease and desist for them to bump it to Monday. So you know, all temperature checking. I don't know how many people were allowed in the building. Um, they showed. You know, vendors with gloves and masks on. 
and sets of seats set out. You know, it's it's such a sad picture. I put the picture on the post that should go out here in just a few minutes. Our social post about it. Um, what band was it? You never said. I don't remember. I, uh, I uh, Nickelback. Uh, the social distancing <laughs> was not a problem. Was uh, Which is why it was on Charles's radar. <laughs> yeah, it came across Facebook. Well, okay, I would watch yeah, Nickelback. I watched Nickelback. Nickelback. Hey, oh hey. God. We well, y'all don't know because I haven't released this episode yet. But Bill Fairchild is the Nickelback of podcasting. So you know, there's that. Um, let's see what uh, Travis McCready. Of the band Bishop Gun, and Ace and somebody else was with him, but it, yeah, it, so they did it. It was eleven hundred person venue, uh, reduced down to two hundred twenty nine seats, and and despite the fifty people maximum directive, they put like two hundred something people in there. Um, so yeah, it's not about the concert really, and honestly, watching the vendors with gloves and masks. I, I'm, I, I want to let people have their fantasies of safety, but I could tell you things from the EMS world that would make you not want to go anywhere near anybody right now. However, it's not the point. I want to know, with this going on, and then of course we had, uh, I think it was Travis McCoy. Uh, is that right? I think Travis, somebody did a big concert in Fortnite that had like 4 million people log in at one time into Fortnite. I know my son was one of them to watch this 20-minute concert that they did live in Fortnite. So digital concerts are going on. We've got, like, the ABC sing-alongs with Disney where the Disney people or where people are at home recording their bits and sending it in for editing or whatever. How does this concert world fit into your vision of the future compared to what you all – I know we've all been to concerts. Um, you know, even Chris got to see uh, – uh, uh, Sarah McPalin or whatever. No, I meant Dan McLaughlin. <laughs> oh yeah, hold on. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, only fucked that one up. This was McLaughlin. a big season tickets to Lilith Fair holder. Oh, hold on. Yeah, what I was gonna say the Charles. What kind of music does Sarah Sarah Palin make? Big Palin. No, Big what's, Palin. What, uh, what, what, what's her What's her band name? All Susanna. Uh, <laughs> I don't, oh Russia! No, I, was thinking about I see the, you from my porch. The, uh, yeah. The uh the USO tours is what I was trying to get to, and I totally just fucked that joke up. The US Ho tours. Yeah, <laughs> but we've all had concerts. What, we... Al Franken and the US Ho. <laughs> <laughs> USO uh, So how does how does your favorite concert experience fit into you think the newer? I mean, do you think digital concerts on social media, all this stuff? What do you think? Well, I I think it really depends on the band that you're going out to see. I mean, because if i go to a punk show right the punk band normally gets the energy off of the crowd and then they they take it in and then they push it back into the crowd the crowd absorbs that and then you know you have this ping pong throughout the night of energy which it's kind of hard to do with a social distancing concert like that right but also if i'm going out to see a singer songwriter and we're talking about you know sitting down having a meal couple drinks and sit and watch a concert then i can understand where that will be fine i think it, it's it's a very difficult time to say that you know because i think there's a lot of variables that go into it um even some of the sit down concerts with with table seating and food that i've been to has at least had a dance area you know on the floor mm-hmm. but I, I i don't know man it's it's kind of hard because especially as a performer right think of the performer yeah. doing a digital concert 
it's kind of like people doing comedy through the internet as well. It's hard because you don't get that that instant feedback that musicians desperately crave, right? I mean, it's 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 instant gratification, but it can also make or break your show. If you're having a bad show and you feel like you're having a bad show, but the audience is still behind you pushing you forward, it's easier to grip that neck of the guitar and 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 get yourself centered. But if you're doing it through the internet with zero audio feedback, it's a little bit harder to continue to push forward and keep yourself on track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel it. it. It's it's and it's it's again. He had it with the the comment that it's not just music. It's any of these live entertainments. And um, you you think about uh, sports, like most specifically, you know, wrestling. Like doing wrestling in an empty stadium where these guys, you know, they thrive on cheap pops and that audience interaction. And that's, I mean, that's probably seventy five percent of a sh- a shtick with a wrestler, right? Is yeah. is that 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 feedback with the audience? Um, it, when you don't have that, uh, comedians are the same way. I mean, and again, like that's not even across the board on comedians because there are there are comedians that that can do their sets tight, like they're doing it on a comment, like a recorded album in a studio, right? They can mm-hmm. they can run their sets like that. Uh, Dimitri Martin is a good example of that. Uh, Berbiglia is a, a good example of that. And there's others. Um, and this isn't to say that they don't they don't feed well off of the audience, but they're one of those bands. It, one of those bands. They're they're a performer that can go out and regardless of who's in the audience and the reaction they get from the audience, um, the 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 performance will be the same. Like I, not to say that they don't feed off the audience or whatever, but I don't think they would be impacted by not having the audience there. While there are other comedians that definitely need the audience there. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Uh, just because you know they do a lot whether they do more crowd work or they depend on those reactions that they're trying to get like uh uh i can't think of his name yeah uh it one of the insult comic guys that i, I freaking love i'm losing his name ed asner no no, <laughs> but no but so like when especially let's just talk about insult comics like when you are when you thrive on being able to get the crowd riled up and you want those those oh my god i can't believe you said that reactions mm. from the crowd and you don't have those then you're just standing up and you you know you seem more like an asshole than, <laughs> than maybe yeah. you want to um uh i i get the punk punk you had it right like punk versus watching a billy joel concert you know you you have one that feeds on the energy and then you have another that sits there and like it, it feeds the crowd have but, you seen the performance from the 80s of billy joel in russia i haven't Oh my God. After the show, I'm giving the YouTube to you. It is okay. insane. It is insane. <laughs> and he is so angry at the crowd. It's so beautiful, <laughs> but no, you're right. I mean, it, it all comes down to what kind of music you're trying to enjoy. Um, it'd be very strange to watch a metal show. Social distanced, right? Well, <laughs> where, there's, yeah. where there's, where there's no uh, circle in the middle that opens up. I mean, even I went to a show when in uh, in February I saw Hell Young, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they they oversold that show and it was packed to the gills, mm-hmm. and you know I was in the the floor standing shoulder to shoulder, dicks to hips with everybody else, like I, we all had a great time, but I I just don't see when or how that's ever going to happen again, and that's not even a metal show, right? That's more of a live performance of. Um, of a, a living history through uh, Scandinavian culture, mm-hmm. right? It's not that people were moshing down there, but everybody was vibing off each other. You know, I, uh, the other, oh, I don't even remember what night it was a few nights ago though. Uh, Nicole was in bed and I was, uh, you know, it, 
just hanging out doing stuff i don't remember i was probably playing some animal crossing and i ended up clicking on twitch on accident in my bookmark bar rather than youtube i was trying to go to youtube but they're right next to each other and the main page on twitch had um i forget the name of the the label but it was one of the edm companies one of the production companies that puts on shows and they were doing a a live edm show with a whole like a whole set list of a whole bunch of big hyper like names i recognize and i am not into the electronic music scene at all i just happen to know some of their names from reading articles and stuff over the years and uh i ended up just clicking on it because i was like you know what uh i just need some background music or whatever while i'm doing whatever and i wanted to kind of was curious to see how they were handling it you know because it was basically their setup was they had the studio that like i don't know if it was a studio or if it was a club it looked like it might have been a club obviously no audience um the performers the musicians they were wearing a face mask and gloves because they're all sharing the same you know the the same board uh for their set and then in between each set they had somebody coming out and spraying everything down and disinfecting and everything yeah but they had 70,000 people in chat on Twitch. It, nice. Like it was late. It was it was, you know, prime time for West Coast, but it was late East Coast. Was this January? This was just a couple nights ago. Oh, this was a couple nights ago cuz I had a- I had the same thing happen to me um around January before this all hit. Um but yeah, continue. Well, yeah, and it was just uh Full story, honest- bro. <laughs> well, you know, it's not so- you, him. He interrupted you. <laughs> like I'm doing. He interrupted you to say what are you talking about? You had the same thing happen in January. <laughs> well, I was on Twitch late night, and there was an EDM show going on. And I normally don't, you know, listen to EDM. Okay, so you just came but, across. I got you. But I came across it, clicked it, and this dude was doing a show. But it was still pre pre Corona, so like it was at a festival. It's alive in front still, of people. Yeah. But they were still, you know, there was there was a couple hundred thousand people in chat. But like you said, Paul, they were going in when his set was done wiping everything down mm-hmm. so I, I i was just seeing what it was yeah no this was just a couple of weeks ago mm. and like i was enjoying it because the, the artists that they had seemed to be good and honestly part of why i was enjoying it is because some of the artists that they had lined up were you know basically some of the people who've been around for a while or were inspired by people who've been around for a while so they had a, a bit of an older sound if that makes sense like what we would ex- like whenever i see a rave anywhere the first thing I always think of is the first Blade movie, the rave at the beginning of the movie. And I don't know what music is playing in that scene, but I always think of it. And like this, this music reminded me of that stuff. Some of the other electronic music I've listened to over the years, like when I've tried to give it a chance, doesn't really sound like the stuff did in the nineties or the early two thousands. So this stuff did. And as a matter of fact, one of the, uh, Christopher Lawrence, I think his name was one of the artists with like, they mentioned kind of went out of their way to mention that they haven't seen him around in a while. It, it seemed like he's like, you know, one of the old guard that doesn't do a lot of shows anymore because his time has kind of passed. But it, it was interesting because I was reading chat. I was paying attention to what people were saying. Now, first of all, unfortunately the electronic music scene, one of the reasons I'm, I don't really like it is because it's very rave and quite frankly, very drug focused. There's a lot of emphasis on like Molly and other, you know other substances that are affecting your perception of what's going on and so that's not my scene that's not my bag 
and you saw a lot of people talking about that like they're like oh i'm really vibing right you know like it was very clearly a whole bunch of people who were getting really messed up and trying to vibe off the music and then people be like i'm crying right now oh i can't wait to rave again and i was like all right listen i love me a good live show but like I, I, I can't imagine myself weeping that I can't go to a rock show anytime soon. Right. It's because the, the Molly wasn't hard enough. On the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just, so there was that stuff, but then there was like, there was legitimately like some people who were like, Oh man, like this is, I, this is different. Like a couple of people calling out, Oh, this is old school. And like, Oh, I'm really liking this. And other people being like, this is trash, which you expect it's Twitch. But like they, there was like this kind of community in that chat where they were talking about stuff i mean you had a lot of chafe you had a lot of garbage in the chat but there was some genuine conversation there and you could tell that the artists that were performing were all they would speak to them briefly after their set or right before their set and all of them were saying listen everybody stay safe out there you know stick this out be patient we'd love to see you at a show sometime soon and we can't wait to see you again but it's like it was very clear to me that they were trying really hard to reach the, their fans basically like to, to stay in touch with their fans and be like, we're he in this with you. You know, this isn't what you're used to. This isn't the experience that most people get out of a, you know, an, an electronic music show, but we're trying. And so they still had the full light show and, you know, they still played their sets and everything. And it, it was cool. It was kind of neat. And it, honestly not seeing a sweaty, crowd of drugged out people kind of made it more appealing to me <laughs> yeah because i just start to worry about the people in the camera shot like oh no that that girl is dying guys <laughs> guys somebody get her a gallon of water please what's She's what's the insurance commercial when you become your parents that's <laughs> 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 all you right now <laughs> well i mean like i i feel the same way about like a hard rock or a metal show like i see the pit sometimes and i'm like you you small person no <laughs> Oh, they're dead. They're gone. <laughs> they're deceased. They went into a circle pit and they weigh 110 pounds. But it's even better when they're the one, you know, throwing throwing hammers. Right? They've got Molnir in both hands. <laughs> Just destroying six foot five bros. Well, that's like when pop punk emo punk took off and uh the um the kung fu scissor swinging and kicking in the pit thing took off and it was like all of a sudden the skinniest kids were the most dangerous because they had the boniest knuckles <laughs> <laughs> and those elbows and knuckles you don't want to mess with with a kid that has no body fat at all uh he'll just cut you up now i've never so understood just... that about a mosh pit right the fighting the throwing elbows and fists and stuff i get the almost the wall of death i've been in one of those and i get the whole energy of of moving around but when you start throwing a fist at me all of a sudden I go, bitch, I will kill you. This is no longer fun for me. Why are you throwing fists? I don't know. Yeah. Se he's seven foot, 450 pounds. I don't know that he's noticing Wait, all this. And he's like, he's the big guy. <laughs> he just walks in. He's like, I'm not going to have stuff a lot for this. <laughs> oh, my God. You're literally the <laughs> rancor in <laughs> the pit. <laughs> Charles is the wall of death. You know, <laughs> I, had, I had zero problems with the wall of death. Can you imagine but, Chuck, yeah. like, arms up, just running through? <laughs> like, you're a fucking train. Well, you well, are a fucking diesel train if his running are... all the way to the stage, my dude. Uh, if his arms are up, he's like everybody's just below. Him. Love love. <laughs> but, but I mean, I did, the thing yeah. about the pit and the fighting is that when you get knocked down, the person that knocks you down picks you right back up. 
you know, gives you a good slap on the on the cheek, says good job, and then pushes you back into a different direction. Yeah, and there's, there's like just, just no aggression yeah. in there. Yeah, I get that. No, that's what I'm talking about with the what Klaus is talking about throwing the scissor kicks and the punch. Because Dad where doesn't understand me, Charles. <laughs> he was it. a preacher, Charles. He doesn't understand me. <laughs> he just doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Jezelnik, uh, Jezelnik. Oh my god, so, I can't believe I can remember. Sorry, sorry. So if Charles <laughs> is the rancor, I'm gonna have to invest in some uh, some leather like pants. <laughs> he was cosplay for Dragon Con <laughs> next year. Charles can be the rancor, and I'll be the rancor handler. <laughs> oh <laughs> lord! Uh, like oh it. lord! <laughs> And now you're just talking about paint applications because you don't have to do a lot with this. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent! Breaking the Panel is made possible by you and other listeners just as awesome as you are. If you want to support the show and get a little something in return, just go to patreon.com slash breaking the panel because we do appreciate the help. Weren't you talking about having a good experience listening to EDM on, on Twitch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was basically my point is it was cool. And it was, I it you know, like Philip was saying, shows rely on energy. Like a great rock show, a great show in general, the crowd energy, the performer energy is vital. I've, you know, there's one of my favorite venues locally to go to now is the Oma Gang Brewery in Cooperstown, New York, because they have national acts like they have relatively big acts who might not be at the height of their popularity come through for a good price and they have a they set up an outdoor stage and they have kind of a natural amphitheater behind their brewery of a a hill that comes down with a bunch of trees in the back and they've cleared a bunch of it and it's beautiful because everybody will you know you'll bring your lawn chairs or you'll bring a blanket or whatever and just chill and people can kind of spread the fuck out and just relax and enjoy a good show but I've gone to shows there like early in the season, like like in May, when it was t- way too cold for an outdoor show like that. Mm. And everybody's all like, and the vibe is dead. You know what I mean? Because nobody nobody can have a good time because they're, they're literally, their teeth are chattering and everything. Right. And I've also been there when it's been so hot that nobody wants to move at all. Like they're just, I'm not yeah. getting excited for you, bro. Just play your music, music man. So like crowd vibe really matters and it doesn't take much to disrupt it to just kind of like take all the energy out of the room. So I was impressed because the EDM scene really relies on that super invested community of people who are really into that rave experience, who are really into dancing and vibing together all night and just like just getting into it getting like going in deep into the music they still found a way to connect and i was really impressed by that because that's a genre that i would think would really struggle with this even though you know people will joke about like oh well djs and and electronic music artists they're not playing instruments or anything so what's the big deal they're just basically playing what they've already you know recorded beforehand play, yeah dancing yeah. right it, yeah but it there's a little bit of that obviously but it's like it, the vibe matters you know and yeah. it like to just see them try to like circum, circum, <laughs> overcome oh, yeah. that that situation and still connect with their audience and to see how many people were in there, seventy thousand people in a Twitch stream is really good. Like, 
that's the, like the only individual streamer I'm aware of that pulls numbers like that is like Summit 1G. You know what I mean? Like, there's not a lot of people who pull those kind of numbers. It was on the main page, so you always get more people when you do that. But it was kind of late in the day, so like Europe was definitely in bed. East Coast US was probably in bed. It was like 11 or midnight. You know what I mean? And so I was really impressed by that. And they were just trying to do their, they were pivoting as best they could. And I could tell that their overall attitude was not, you know, obviously this hugely affects their quality of life, their creativity, their outlet. And also I would assume their income, you know, their, their way of making a living. Right. They were just trying to do the best they could. The production company was trying to put on the best show they could. The lineup they had was good, you know, and I kind of feel like the the that guy that was old guard, if you will, he kind of came out probably because one, he wanted to support his community, and two, he probably has more time right now to work on a new set. So but there's also something to to say about intimate shows, mm-hmm. right? I saw the Shins back in 2005 in a very small club in Philadelphia, and there was only maybe a hundred of us in there. Right? And like you're, the Shins are a good indie pop band. And it was wonderful. It was very, you know, not only magical to watch the Shins original lineup play, but like there's only there's only a hundred of us here to experience the show. Hmm. And like everybody had their own space because there was no you know, it wasn't packed. There was a show that I saw at um at the University of Penn which uh, is a very strange avant-garde band that I like called um, Olivia, Tremor Contro- uh, Olivia Tremor Control. And then the music tapes open for them. There was 50 of us in there. And the Olivia Tremor Control is one of my favorite bands of all time. Like these, these are legends in my mind. And there was 50 of us there, right? There was enough people there where we all just sat Indian style and watched this band that we love so much you know, just have a great time and, and still have that almost like MTV unplugged esque mm-hmm, conversation yep. with the crowd because they're such, but, but their music's very, you know, high energy, um, a little psychedelic, you know, they, they, they cover really like um, early beach boys to the 13th floor esque uh, 13th floor elevator esque kind of music, but to have that, you know, intimate show and then not need the 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 crowd energy Mm. because they knew that like this is a special thing was wonderful Mm -hmm. and those two shows like i'll never forget those shows because of the the feel of the crowd being like hey there's only so much of us here something special is happening right now let's all just be quiet and enjoy the music that's going on in front of us yeah I mean, I'm glad you brought up Unplugged because it's exactly when you were talking about that. That's immediately where my mind went to was Nirvana Unplugged and how much that would have been ruined had that been, you know, a large venue full mm-hmm. of people because yeah. you you would have inevitably had those people that didn't understand the rules or just didn't, you know, didn't want to play by those rules. Um, I also wonder, too, you know, if if these start concerts like this start to move to, towards mainstream, then you'll start seeing those bands and we've all been to that concert where you're like, Oh fuck, you're a studio band. And I wish I would have known that before <laughs> I got the tickets to this concert. Modest mouse yeah. three times. You don't, you don't three have times. to, <laughs> you don't necessarily, I guess nec- you don't necessarily have to have that worry because I'm going to tell you that I'm going on live and that's when I hit play mm. and I can have, I can give you my, 
I can give you my, my, my studio quality fucking sound and mixing and not have to worry about you guys listening to me live. Well, if this stream is any indication, it's not that easy, Chris. Your frame of reference, I wish I had that, that you're like, man, I thought of Blade when I heard this music. Like when I hear EDM now, Letter Kenny has ruined it for me because all I can think oh, of is Stuart and the skids. Yeah, the yeah. skids. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, so many people have so much done to their voice vocally, not just studio bands, but... But even I've run live concerts and we put some effects on there. We put some echo on there and, and reverb. And even though it's a big amphitheater and it makes them sound different. And I've watched these people try, these artists try to do stuff from home and like, now you need the studio help. You're sitting on your AirPod, which has zero effects on it. Your straight voice in a kitchen, which is not a great, you know, any hard surface area is not a great place to perform or, or record in. And you're trying to, you know, referencing the Disney sing-alongs that we watched with the family. And like, man, this was brave. I'll say that. This was brave of everybody who stepped up because there was no help whatsoever. It is just you. And it was, it was okay. It was definitely forgiving, but it was not at them at their best. Well, and then you got to think of, too, some of the bands that are doing it. Like, I think, doesn't Bare Naked Ladies do something weekly? And they're they're all they're all in their separate locations. So not only are you dealing with whatever the sound quality is of where you're at, but now right. you're talking about four or five oh, different man. locations yeah. trying to sync that up. And Ooh. all of the, like what we're doing yeah. here is is baseline the difficulties that they have. Did you guys watch the new OK Go video? No, no I haven't. But I, I saw a headline oh. for it, and I oh, yeah, my God. I think Kim it, Chris, me. Chris, this is exactly what you're talking about. Mm. Where. You know, they're all in their own apartments trying to record a new song about the situation we're in. And it's it's an OK Go video. Like what you expect OK Go to do is what they did. But but Chris, they went outside the box and like they knew like, OK, I need to record this part inside my goddamn closet mm-hmm. with my clothes up here so I can dampen the sound a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's a beautifully shot and even betterly put together edited video about the the musical scene that we live in these days it's in thinking about that too like again i'm, I'm gonna pull this back to a frame of references like with with wrestling because they did it in an empty stadium like if you have a wrestlemania stature stadium that you're performing live in right. and there are not you know 40 50 000 people sitting in that stadium deadening the sound or doing all oh, of those yeah. things acoustically <laughs> that bodies do yeah, yeah. yeah what that does to you musically, let alone what they're dealing with, with, mm-hmm. with echo and sound that's coming off. I, I can't imagine like trying to, trying to adjust to that when you know how it should sound and you can't get that just, just for the, just for the fact that there aren't people there. Yeah. But I mean, I would really like to see some sports played without, without people in the stands. So I would like to we see call that in golf. My, so <laughs> my, the, the question is though, is, how do you monetize that? You know, it's like, how do you, how do you appropriately monetize that? Because you can't, you can't charge me. And if this is just me spitballing, like I'm no, not no, going no, to, I'm not, I'm not going to pay normal major league baseball prices. Not, right. not even Kansas city Royals, not even pre ALCS, not, not even, not in 2014 Royals ticket prices. Am I going to pay if I'm not at the stadium and have the ability to get, 
overpriced beer and overpriced and all of the things that go along with the stadium experience. If I can't get the experience and I'm just there to watch baseball, how are you going to monetize that for you? And then all of these, all the sports that are talking about it. I, I mean, I'm assuming we're talking force majeure in their clauses, but you already have, you already have network deals. So you can't re- like your opportunity to further monetize by offering pay-per-view to try and get people to pay for some sort of different experience. I don't see how you're able to do that when you already have a deal with, you know, no, NBC or Fox sports. For- and I get that, but it's, it's really just to hear the players play. Right. Mm-hmm. And we kind of, we kind of get a little bit of that during the winter classic for hockey mm-hmm. because the stadium um, that they play in, I mean, the rink that they build in the middle of the stadium is so the distance is so far that really all you get is the ice work and the audio from the ice. Mm hmm. Um, and, and goddamn do hockey players like to curse a lot. <laughs> and, uh, I just, I, I miss sports. <laughs> well, uh, you know, this is that opportunity and this is where we'll wrap it up here. This is that opportunity for technology to, to jump forward by leaps and bounds, right? If we had real good virtual reality, if we had, I dare say holographic technology where we could feel like we're sitting there. This is that time for the inventors and the 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 Teslas of the world and and to push this forward because this is a necessity, right? How much? And I don't need you to answer because we do need to wrap this up and go into the next section. But you know, theoretically, how much would you pay to have at least a better experience that you're not just watching on TV, but it kind of you get the surround sound, you feel the, you hear the stuff coming up off the ice, you you hear the swearing like you were there. You probably pay more for that than just a pay per view, you know, those kind of things. So technology. Is, is almost there, but now's the time to kick it forward. I, I have a quick idea for you on that, and then we can we can yeah. wrap up. Yeah, go for M- it. Multi-cam feeds where, mm. so like, you know, normally you have a control booth that is swapping between the various feeds of all the cameras, but if you sell a digital ticket to a layout where you can pick the cameras you want to be looking at and you can hot swap live for sports in particular, but also for music, for, for bands and stuff, if you think about it, like all the, like if you go to a big festival concert, how do they get around the fact that you just can't get 80, 100,000, 150,000 people to be able to see the band well when you scale up to that size? They have really good cameras and yep. gigantic screens, and they basically, uh, thousands of people paid to watch giant screens of the show rather than actually, you know, and to feel the vibe of the crowd and everything and the experience. But, the point is they're not right on top of the band or the performers like they would be at a smaller venue or a smaller gig. So just embrace that idea and then find a way to innovate on it. I don't know how to do it technically, but I think it'd be really crazy. I would probably throw a couple bucks at like say a hockey game that had a multi-cam feed like that where I could swap myself as if I were the control booth operator and see different perspectives. That would be really interesting to me. I think it's going to happen anywhere. It's going to be the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, every part of that stadium in that field is already filmed anyway. Yeah, and yeah. they normally seem to be the leading trend in, in innovation in the sports world. And hockey on television holds no goddamn bar to hockey in real person. So uh, we already have trouble getting people out to see a hockey game on television. But I, I like where your head's at. I really do. And um, hopefully <laughs> this 
Oh, was that funny? No, no, no. I was thinking along oh, no, no, those no. lines. Go on. Go yeah, on, yeah. Grandpa. I will. I will. They could throw extra bits at it to get a, a call reviewed or to, <laughs> to throw <laughs> some crap on the ice. League football, you, <laughs> <dumb dick. laughs> you know, what you were saying there, though, if you think about it, Think about all the tape that comes out after the season when uh, when they cut the NFL together with all that that field side like down by the benches footage that they get that B roll if you will that up close and personal stuff they get uh, where they can actually hear people and stuff because they have them mic'd up. If they made that a live experience where you could like, well, then again, yeah, the only problem was that is the Patriots would be watching the opposing bench all the time, so they do that already. <laughs> so yeah. I mean. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right. anyways, I was just saying, it'd be kind of cool if you could get that really intimate experience that you get from those highlight films that get done at the end of the season during the season, during the games, you know, be right on top of plays. It, 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 there, there's got to be a way to add a value. Because honestly, I'll be honest, like live sporting events to me, they're kind of fun like once in a while, but they're not great. Oh, you don't, I disagree. I'm on the other end of that. Television well, I, sports is just like, ugh. I feel like you really vibe off crowd because you're, I think, partially because like, you're Because I'm, I'm an extrovert who likes to be around people all the <laughs> yeah. time. I also yep. feel like y'all don't understand the meaning of wrap up the segment. <laughs> just, just settle down, Charles. Settle down. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm kinda, the adults are talking. Uh, I'm kind of in the middle. Like, I'm an extrovert, but I definitely am tired of, of crowds. Like, I don't... I. Before all of this happened, I had a problem with going to McDonald's anywhere close to mealtime because I don't like people touching me. Like, I have you no problem like going fucking handrails, you dumb dick. Yeah, but that's not somebody touching me. There's a complete like some fucking stranger that just can't keep their hands to themselves or has to get inside the bubble. You're you licking a hundred strangers, thousands of strangers. You They're join the military. I'm licking their residue, Phil. <laughs> let's let's be honest. <laughs> you join the military. This, Phil. yeah, and I don't. I'm not a fan of of crowds of the um, military or, or the military of, of touching guys. of getting touched. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Uh, but no, I mean, I, I, I see where you're both coming from. Um, it's again, to me, it's just, just that it's that value added trying to you've got to replace the experience with with something else. If you can do that, I don't I don't think there's a problem. I do wonder what that does to uh, season ticket prices, though. That, well, if you're the Dodgers of the Angels, you're still charging those people for their season tickets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh uh, man. Uh kilt. all right. Well on that note <laughs> I just read something I killed the pipe guys like wow. All right. <laughs> Paul, what's our humble hit for tonight? So uh well we got a couple for the live show. Um because they're if you're listening to this <laughs> when it comes out, it's not still gonna be up. But uh we have a like 18 hours left on the Asmodee play with friends bundle. That is a bunch of Asmodee and fantasy flight games. Uh, like really great board games with their digital versions. Uh, it, it's an awesome bundle if you like to try to play board games with your friends right now. There's only 18 hours left. I think the top end of the bundle was like $12. You get a ton of great titles like Small World 2, Splendor, uh, Mysterium, like really, really great board games in their digital forms. And most of those digital ports are actually really solid. Uh, we also have about a week left on the Warhammer 40k Death Watch RPG bundle. These are role-playing books. Uh, so if you're interested in the 40k universe and you just want to do some reading on the fluff, or if you're looking for a new RPG to play 
and you really like the 40k universe, this might be something you want to grab. That's only going to be around for, I think, about five or six more days. So grab that if you want to. And uh, I guess, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do one more thing here because I have so much on the docket tonight. Uh, Joe Hill Comics. We talked about it last week. Joe Hill, uh, Lock and Key, and a few other books. Uh, I, I really can't emphasize enough how good these comic bundles are. I keep watching the comments in the subreddit for Humble Bundles, and anybody who likes comics, usually chime in and they say these are great deals they have the full runs of a lot of books in them usually so always check it out and uh just dig in i've been reading some of my digital comics lately i'll talk about it a little maybe a later segment yeah check it out if you're if you're in if you want to get into some comics and you just don't want to have the physical copies if you don't want to be searching for like issue 12 for six months because you just can't find it any place digital is the way to go support a charity check it out and we have those links in our show notes and on twitch.tv and uh if you squint if you squint on the youtube channel you can see them in the chat room on the live video but yeah you can go click on uh, anchor.fm slash breaking the panel or over at breaking the panel on gsu.net either way you can click those links and we appreciate it we'll be back with volume two in just a few minutes we do this live on twitch.tv slash gstu media on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. So come join us live. And if not, we'll, we'll see you on the next download. Breaking the Panel is the flagship podcast on the Giant Size Team Up Network. You can support the show at patreon.com slash breaking the panel. And you'll find more of our amazing podcasts at giantsizeteamup.com. <laughs>